This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Turn your Bible, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. So in Luke chapter 2, so often we only look at this passage one time a year. And yet in Luke chapter 2, I believe we find for us a very unique parallel between the people that God called to be his messengers when he arrived and the deaf mission. So in Luke chapter 2, the context, of course, is Jesus' birth. And starting at verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Father, as we turn to this passage and we think about these men that you picked, out of everyone you could have picked, Lord, help us learn the lesson and help our hearts be stirred and challenged and motivated to share the wonderful news that peace is available to all. So Lord, tune our hearts, guide me, direct me, lead me for your honor and your glory alone and for others' good. In Jesus' name, amen. So who are these men? Shepherds. They're the unclean of their society. Because of the nature of their work and the nature of what they did and the the demands of their work, they were considered ceremonial unclean. They couldn't participate in many of the rituals and therefore many of the ceremonies of Jewish culture. They were isolated by who they were and what they did. They had a demanding task. Um, Based off of what we know of that part of the world, it was either between September or February is where the Middle East, the birthing season for the the sheep are, which is more than likely why these men were here. More than likely, ironically, they were, although they couldn't participate in the temple, more than likely these men were were raising and taking care of the temple sheep. Of course, remember the, the exchangers, right? People wouldn't want to bring a sheep all the way, so they would bring money and they would buy a sheep. Well, where did those sheep come from? It's very possible that these men were the ones that took care of those sheep that were sold at the temple for the sacrifice. And yet, even though they were, they were active, they were isolated. And, and I, I find a parallel here very easily with the deaf because the isolation factor is the defining factor of what then carries over into deaf culture. I'm going to need some help to illustrate this. So you two guys, teenagers on the end, gray suit, blue shirt, Come up here. Ah, I know. I'm one of those missionaries. All right, stand over here. Actually, yeah, yeah, he's, he's here. Okay. All right, so tell me your name again. Ronnie. Ronnie and? Cameron. Cameron. I get it right? Okay. So Cameron is, where are you going to be? You'll be hearing. You can be hearing. Okay. Ronnie is deaf, though. They both are born same time on the same street in the same city of Suburbanville, USA, okay? He's deaf, born deaf. He's born hearing. Question, when does he first get exposure to his 
first language, his spoken language? From birth, right? When does he get exposure to his first language? Is it birth? One, two, three. Average, seven years old. So for seven years, he's been getting language. What else has he been getting? Thinking. You think with a language, if I held up my prayer card again, and as I said, describe this prayer card to me, how would you be doing it? With language, right? In your head. So for seven, well, probably not seven years, but for seven years he's been exposed to language, and for at least about, what, four of those years, five of those years, he's been using that language building his world, understanding his world better, taking one concept and breaking it down and, and putting things together. For seven years, he hasn't. So when he begins to learn his language at the age of seven, he's at starting point for language, mental development, and social development. Because how do you have friends? You have friends because you sit there quietly? Some of you are like, yes, those are the best friends. No, <laughs> no actually, you, you have that closeness because you do share. You can open your heart. You can use language to connect with another person. So he's been having this. He doesn't have this. How do you build relationships with your family? How do you learn value systems? How do you learn morals? How do you learn what's important? Because when you're sitting there playing with your little trucks and cars and dolls as a kid, your parents are talking and you're picking up all kinds of stuff, even though you're not looking at them. As a deaf person, average deaf person, is he getting any of his family conversations? Is he getting any values communicated by his parents? Is he getting any instruction randomly or by happen chance? No, because if he's not looking and you're not signing, He's getting nothing. So where does he get his morals? Where does he get his values? Well, he goes on and he has friends. He has family. He has community. He has involvement. He may even have church. This guy, his family may go to church. But if he doesn't have anyone communicating to him, and if he doesn't have a language with which to understand, then he's still not going to get a lot. Also, let's say his family's deaf or part of his, or hard of hearing, and they're traveling around. However, whatever church has an interpreter, that's usually where they go. Jehovah's Witness, Catholic, um, Pentecostal, Church of Christ, wherever there's an interpreter. Why? Because things are going to be chosen for him because he's deaf. Where is he going to go to school? Well, to a school that has either an interpreter, which is in a school setting very challenging. If he does go to a boarding school, for the deaf, which is the most common, he's now separated from his family minimum of five days a week, usually more. If he goes, even if he goes to public school, does he still have family relationships to come back to? So he has a family. He has an identity. He knows who he is and where he belongs. Average deaf person, where, do they belong with their family? No, 90% of hearing parents that have a deaf child never learn sign language. He has no identity, no connection with his family. And so he goes to the deaf school and finds identity. Why? Because he finds language, community, relationship, everything he has not had for the past seven years. 
So he begins to find his identity, find his value system, find everything of importance to him within deaf culture. And that's why deaf family is stronger than blood. Because this is where we have relationship and identity. Not with my, not with my family. Thank you guys. I appreciate it very, very much. By the only difference when they started out was that one was hearing and one was deaf. And yet because he was deaf, he was isolated. And I look at these men and I see these men there in the middle of the night, considered unclean. They're outcasts. They're isolated. And then we see verse 9. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I would be afraid too. <laughs> Have you ever been in the dark night, and all of a sudden a bright light shines? That's, that's heart-wrenching. Heart and it's not even because an angel's there. <laughs> Just because it's shocking. But he goes on, and, and what does he say? And the angel said unto them, Fear not! For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to most people. Is that what it says? 1% of the world's population is deaf. Now, if you, you throw into that heart of hearing, the number grows much larger, but deaf in the sense of they, they have enough of a hearing loss that it has impacted significantly the course of their lives um, and their opportunities and their language. So did this good news, is it for 99%? Or is it really to all people? Is it universal in its implications and ramifications or is it exclusive? Did he mean what he said? It is to all people. It's the greatest good and the greatest joy and the greatest news. If you hear about it. If you see it. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He came. It's interesting when we think about God, right? Infinite, eternal. Like how do you really wrap your mind and your heart around those concepts? I mean, it's completely opposite of what we are. <laughs> Knowing no limitations whatsoever, none. to then humble himself and limit himself to be wrapped in time, to be wrapped in flesh, to be wrapped in limitations, to leave that which he did not need to leave but yearned to leave because his love was so great that he came and he limited himself. One of the first questions I get asked when I'm with a deaf person is, how did you learn sign language? 
Why? Because at the root of that question is your hearing. You don't have to learn my language. Why did you learn my language? Do you have deaf family? No. <laughs> because God gave me a love for deaf people. Amen. And this universal message, this message for all people is about a savior. It's not social work. Do I desire to help the deaf? Absolutely. But I desire more than that to tell them about a Savior who died for them so he can give them peace. If you grew up isolated from your family, from culture, from opportunity, what would you feel? Would you feel peace? Would you feel peace the fact that every time you want to order a Starbucks or a Dairy Queen ice cream, it's a struggle? That every time you go to the bank, you hope either you can write well enough that they understand or you can somehow have an interpreter with you. Would you feel peace that on average you are alone other than when you're around people that know sign language? That you can't choose your friends, your friends are chosen for you by the fact of it depends who can sign? That your job, you don't really choose. It's chosen for you by who will hire a deaf person. That your education, you don't really get to choose. It's chosen for you. Would you feel peace? Or would you feel frustrated? And would all the seeds of bitterness that are planted spring up in your heart unchecked? And yet this is a gospel of peace. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It takes people who are separated by birth and brings reconciled to God by the death of his son. He's a savior who forgives our sins, but he saves us from the separation as well. Amen. This is our message. This is what we have to tell to all people. He's a God of hope. Because look at verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Aren't you glad that God is well inclined? He, his, he is, favors us. Sometimes we're like, no, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> But he does love, for God so loved. He didn't just love. He so loved the world, whole world. Not 99%. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, anyone, believeth on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. We get to tell this message, this truth, this wonderful reality, that you are separated justly by sin. God is willing to reconcile you through
through the death of his son. It is a gospel of peace, not just giving us peace, but making peace between man and God. You see these men, this this moment of time completely changed the course of their life. In verse 15 we read, And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Isn't it amazing? They got the message and they acted upon what they heard. And then they couldn't keep it to themselves. Well, how could they? They were just told They've been told by society they're unclean, and now they're told specifically by God, I want you to know the Savior's come. I want you to know that while you're watching these temple sacrificial lambs, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world has come. I want you to know the gospel. So they're like, let's see it. And they go and they rush off. And they, uh, having just had a baby three months ago, I don't know how I would have felt if I was on the other end of this <laughs> as Joseph or Mary. These, these, these sweaty guys that have been up all night and they're talking crazy, right? And they bust in. It's like, you have the baby? No. What baby? I don't know what you're talking about. But they're so excited that they're willing to, to almost, it seems, bypass what is appropriate because they have a mess. They have something that is so much more important. And then, okay, this is at night, right? Like, the angels come at night. They go rush off to Bethlehem. What is verse... 17, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying. So the whole way back, they're just telling everybody. In extra biblical sources, uh, there are some people that say this also refers to a time when they went to the Temple Mount itself and proclaimed what they had seen. doesn't specifically say that. It's possible based off their proximity and their position and their job. But what we do know is that these men were changed by an, by, in a moment, and they had to tell the message. Are you changed? We get to tell the message. It's a very simple message, in one sense. It's good news to all people that a Savior has come to both give us peace because he has made peace 
And that is the message. That is the goal. That's what drives me to tell the deaf a Savior has come. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.